Welcome to Outside Inside Radio, which is brought to you by Prison Arts Collective. Prison Arts Collective is founded on the belief that art is a human right and is dedicated to bringing the transformative power of the arts to people experiencing incarceration. Our collaborative teaching teams include faculty, students, and staff, and our classes include making art, art history, reflection, and the cultivation of a safe space. We're based in the School of Art and Design at San Diego State University and have additional chapters at three CSU campuses. Prison Arts Collective is a project of California Transformative Arts, an initiative of the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Outside Inside Productions are a way to communicate with our participants and with the wider public through video and other media as an extension of our distance learning project created in response to COVID-19. Hello everyone, welcome to Outside Inside Radio. I am one of your co-hosts, Ella Turen. And I'm Kathy Foley-Meyer, your other co-host. And today we are here with our very special guest, Chris Lamaru, who is an artist um, and also does other work all over Canada where he where he is currently residing. We'll get to find out all about the wonderful things that he's doing, but we're so excited, Chris, to have you on the show. Welcome. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So, um, Chris, we always like to start out by asking folks about their artistic journey. You consider yourself a musician, and maybe there are some other ways in which you describe, your, describe yourself. Can you talk a little bit about how you came to be an artist and um, specifically the type of art that you do? Yeah, certainly. Um, so for me, I, I grew up on Simeon First Nation Reserve in Sulsuri, White Rock, uh, BC, Canada. And um, I grew up in a household where my stepfather played a lot of blues guitar and he, he was very musical. And also just in, in my culture, um, music was very much a part of life for us, um, particularly uh, drumming and singing. That, that was something that, that we did a lot of. And also uh, both my uncle and my stepfather are Coast Salish artists. So uh, my uncle Leslie, he actually does a lot of indigenous art using silver. He's a silver carver and also a painter. And my stepfather uh, carves in wood and also paints. So I grew up immersed in art was all around me both from my, uh, my stepfather and from my uncle. So it was natural for, for me to pick it up, yeah. Very cool. I was wondering, in your practice as a musician, are there artists that you've been really influenced by other than your the ones that you're related to? Yeah, definitely. Um, man, I love, so for me, like I definitely connect and identify with um, artists who, who like to tell a story of resilience and perseverance through through their music. Uh, I really appreciate uh, Ben Harper. Yeah, I think uh, for me, just I, I connect with artists who who like to um, share a story through their music. Well, can you talk a little bit about since um, you mentioned storytelling and storytelling is something that sounds like it's important to you? Mm. Can you talk about the kind of stories that? come up in your work and, you know, what kinds of things do you tend to, um, you know, write about and, and yeah. make music about? 
Yeah, um, definitely. I, I like to make music and write about um, overcoming obstacles, overcoming difficulties. Songs about like honoring culture, honoring people. You know, I think uh, for me, my my creative process always starts with a, a life event and and goes from there. It could be a victory, it could be celebrating, it could be sorrow, it could be heartache. You know, for me, that's 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 where I find healing is is in my creative outlet of just me and the guitar picking it up and strum, strumming a chord. Just that process of connecting. It, it's almost like a spiritual process for me, where it's like I'm I'm able to. Uh, put music to something like just recently um, did an anti-stigma a series of anti-stigma videos for um, Emily Carr and BC Mental Health and Substance Use Services and part of it we were you know from sharing a personal story of experience of what it was like to be incarcerated and what it was like being diagnosed with uh, concurrent disorder of both mental health issues and also substance misuse disorder and and what that was like and and just you know the process of, sh of verbally sharing my story and then actually putting music to it like just little guitar riffs that accompanied that that teaching video so it was yeah it was a powerful experience uh it gives me purpose and meaning it, it gives um you know it just it brings brings to life something beautiful out of the ashes of poor choices and you know be, be, being stuck in, in addiction being incarcerated like all could be um you know for for a lot of us that could that could be the end of the story but for for me i know that that it doesn't have to be right okay. so. yeah you uh, you mentioned um some connections to indigenous culture in canada mm -hmm. and i was wondering in your work as an artist, do you feel like you're engaging in um, like an act of preservation or some kind of maybe activism even? For sure, definitely. And I think that um, like even, even just last night, um, so one of my one of my aunts from from the reserve in, in North Vancouver, she posted a video of of a ceremony that she was at and uh, just f for me like it gave me goosebumps just hearing hearing the drums hearing this hearing the songs songs that i could recognize that like being a little boy um, walking through those longhouses and and hearing those traditional songs really grounded me and kept me rooted you know that was a source of source of strength for me you know so like in in terms of activism we see a lot of those traditional songs come forward. Um, the returning of, of a lot of Aboriginal uh, Indigenous children who were, went through the residential school system. And we, we were all aware of their disappearance. And now we're seeing as a country the, um, those kids coming home, right? And for a lot of us, like those traditional songs are coming forward and we're like, you know, we will sing those songs as we bring remains back to, to the place where they're going to be properly buried. And, you know, um, I, I think of songs uh, 
coming against uh, the pipelines uh, in in Vancouver and, and North Vancouver in particular. Like my uh, my aunt, who's from Burrard um, First Nations, that she you know she's she's the chief there, and they're up against all kinds of oil refinery um, gas lines being being built, and it, it's yeah, so it's. So used to, it's used to celebrate. It's used as peaceful protest. It's used in a way to to bring uh, bring people together. Just the sound of of that drumbeat and the voices together in unity, like it's just it's it's a powerful thing. Sounds really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also, you know, going back to your point earlier about storytelling, I think that's part of the preservation that both of you are talking about. So there's one thing to preserve like the actual sounds and the type of music, but also I imagine that um, in within the music itself, like the lyrics that are sung, they also tell stories. Yeah. And also that power, I think, is very critical of what you've talked about bringing people together. And I wonder um, if that was something that you also practiced while you were inside and how that maybe impacted yeah. you and other people around you yeah for for sure yeah like i i've had a, a number of instances where where that was a big part of part of my story on the inside like i was arrested facing some serious um serious jail time for two bank robberies and was looking at a, a very significant uh bit of time and i a ton of shame and shame and guilt a ton of uh what have i done you know um like I, within the first first three weeks i was making a plan to score enough dope and, and just check out like i wanted to not face what was coming down the pipe i wanted to just not feel not deal with it and, and just you know end the suffering right and thankfully you know my higher power had a different plan and and that was like you know my family from Simiami connecting with um connecting with um the indigenous uh liaison officer that worked in the prison and they came to the unit and said hey like your family's trying to get a hold of you like please sign this um uh consent uh for disclosure and let's let's connect you with your family and once i did that you know one making one good decision after the next um decided to get on a right living unit decided to get into inside out um first time up onto the right living unit i looked behind the um the corrections bubble and there was there was a guitar and right there it was like a feeling of okay this is gonna be okay and i asked permission to play it and and then um, as I'm as I'm like playing playing some some familiar songs that I've sung over the years that that inspire me, all of a sudden I he I can see in my peripheral like dudes coming up to the coming up to the door and and we're like what like we thought we were listening you were listening to the radio like it was uh, it was actually it was it was pretty cool that made me feel good right it was like okay yeah this isn't so bad and then um, you know then I just hung on to hung on to this. Um, you know, saying from, from my faith that it, it, you know, all things can be good. All things can be used for good, you know? And it was just like, okay, all right. Okay. 
you know, I, this is this is part of my story now. I can't I can't change what's happened. I can embrace it and I can make peace with it and I can I can make a decision to move forward in a good way. And I can come out I, I remember I remember this this feeling of okay, I can actually come out of prison a better person than what I than when I came in if I choose is it gonna be hard yeah am I gonna have to make some hard decisions yeah am I gonna have to apply myself and deal with stuff yes absolutely but I was determined to to write the ship to come out better than I did when I went in I was on a unit where I had access to to guitar where I was able to find personal healing in, in that space then when I was sentenced um, was able to uh, reconnect um, just on the cultural level with uh, with a lot of the elders from the community of Nanaimo that would come into the prisons and work with us. And, you know, I was able to learn a few songs uh, from one of the elders. And, and actually, even uh, we had Aboriginal Day um, while I was at, at uh, Wilkie in Max Remand. It's built like a, basically like an octagon. So you have all unit, all the units staring out into the courtyard and there I am with a drum and just belted out a few songs that I remembered and yeah it was a powerful experience and I could feel eyes on me from all the different units like everybody's peeking out the window watching right but there was there was such a respect there was no there was no heckling there was no it was like it was an honoring experience where th those songs were carried throughout the, the throughout that courtyard that day and and there was like a mutual respect from from everybody it was like and it's just that power of song to be able to connect people even even from different walks even from different upbringings and and whatnot like you could have you could have a familiar song that two people from different groups can appreciate and and find like a common ground and like that was yeah it was a powerful moment yeah it sounds like you're not only kind of healing yourself in your creative process but you were also at that time healing you know others which yeah. is really powerful yeah for sure yeah i mean i i didn't really give it too much thought i just i had to muscle up the courage to even be able to like even to do it and i'm really thankful that i did that's so powerful. And <clears throat> I love how you describe like all the different points in which music was impacting you and with you. And mm -hmm. I, uh, throughout this entire journey, whether it was from like the discovery or rediscovery of music to, um, you know, this, like basically you're giving such a gift to the people around you and yourself during this performance. And I wonder if you could talk about, you know, what, what going through that taught you about yourself? Like, what did it reveal about your experience or who you are? You know, I, I, I definitely drew a lot of, you know, self, self-confidence from those experiences. And, you know, I, I think that I came into prison very broken, very like discouraged, very, it's like a sense of feeling hopeless. And, um, like a loss of identity, I guess you could say, like any, whatever, whoever I thought I was prior to being, becoming incarcerated was like, was behind me, it seemed. And it was like, 
what it did was reconnect me to to the Chris that I that I know myself to be. And like, mm-hmm. aside from the addiction, aside from you know the offenses, um, realizing that I was not my, that I'm not my worst mistake. I like that. Who who Chris is 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 strong. Is is courageous. Is is someone who loves people is someone who encourages people and wants to see the best in people. And, you know, um, addiction made me into a shell of a person, you know, which, which led to bad decisions. And, um, but that, but that's not my identity and reconnecting with, with, with music, with reconnecting with art. I remember even, uh, even drawing, uh, my son, I'm, I'm a father and my uh, i have a beautiful uh nine-year-old boy he's going to be 10 at the end of this month and uh he sent me um just a, a, a beautiful card at christmas and it was it was of a bumblebee in a in a or a wasp he, uh, and he has a bit of a lisp so he would pronounce it wasp and uh and it's it's and it was uh yeah it was a picture of a wasp in a in first nations design and Later, that actually ended up turning into a, a tattoo idea, and uh, I got that tattoo. But like, uh, what was cool about it is I actually I I drew that out, I redrew it, and I sent it to him. And actually, there's a lot of pictures that I would draw, and and, and I'm, I'm I definitely don't consider myself to be an artist in it with that medium, but you know, it, it it just goes to show the power of a simple drawing and how like that that occupied a space um, and it gave me something, a creative outlet while incarcerated to, to be able to get out of where I was. It was like, it, it was just another piece of restoring, uh, restoring a sense of, of, you know, dignity and humanity to a very undignified, inhumane place at times, so, yeah. And also such like uh, forging such a deep connection with your son um, yeah. the powerful way that, you know, I think, you know, a lot of these spaces, they're designed to keep people in and keep people out. And by default, that hurts relationships between folks who are inside and outside. But this was a way of sort of like erasing the wall for a little bit, being able to have something that was a, a connection that cannot be affected by space or time or distance or anything like that yeah yeah uh, absolutely another powerful experience of 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 art through an inside out class where um one of the students uh from the outside um she she took the class and she she was uh, the victim of a crime and she didn't disclose that she was a victim of a crime she took the she took the course wanting to confront some of her own peers, I guess, and we all work together on, on a project. And you can choose different different mediums. You can do written art, you can do creative uh, creative art, or you can do visual, you can do song, whatever, whatever. And we, we would put it all together in a, in, a, in a booklet. And the picture that she drew, it was actually a, a beautiful painting. And uh, like, it was a, a barbed wire fence with like this beautiful, oak tree and and how on one side of the fence it was pretty barren and dark and on the other side of the fence it's lush and green green 
you know, field and green grass. And what was beautiful about the picture and, and a real representation of the healing that she went through is the roots of the tree um, were healthy and large and went underneath both sides of the fence. And, and, out, and it was a very emotional time. And I, I get goosebumps even just sharing like how she, when she confessed, like how she was a victim of a crime and how she underwent a significant healing. It was beautiful. I wonder, Chris, if you can share something with us, share a piece of your art with us so that we can also um, experience some, some of that power directly from you. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll sing, sing a song here. Yeah. 
Thank yes. you. That was wonderful. Wow. I love how that song is. It feels like it's a reflection, but also a call to action. Yes. Because you're definitely calling on people to stand up for what they believe in, to to do something um, about, you know, a world in which we can have more equity. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what was the inspiration behind this song? Yeah, definitely. So this came out of uh, an inside out class and yeah, it was a, it was a powerful few months we were doing, it was a criminology class with, um, with Lori uh, and students from Temple and a bunch of uh, alumni of inside out students from who were formerly incarcerated from all over Can all over North, North America. Really. There was a couple of us from Canada, uh, a bunch of us from, from the United States and, um, yeah, it was just, it, what inspired me was like the other coaches that are, sorry, the others, um, the other inside students that I was participating with and hearing their story and also, um, the reflection of the, the outside students and how, uh, we were, we were talking through some hard issues. We were talking through, um, you know, uh, just the state of the criminal justice system in, in the states and in Canada, and and uh, you know there's a lot of social issues happening with uh, with the George Floyd situation, and you know um, just a lot of stuff that that was at the surface, that was at the the meat of our discussions, and um, and then that Lori Lori said, hey, like she noticed the the guitars in the background, she asked me like, hey like, do you, do you play? Do you sing? Like, and, uh, I said, yeah, actually I, I do. And she's like, well, uh, do you, do you write any of your own stuff? And I said, well, actually, you know what? Uh, I do, but, um, nothing that, um, nothing that would really be fitting for this. She's like, well, we'll give it some thought. Let's, uh, you know, our graduation ceremony is in two weeks. Why don't I, I would be, we would love to have you play something. And so, man, I, I just picked up the guitar, did some, did some riffs and I had two weeks to, to do it. And, uh, I reflected on our course on the, the weeks that we, we had together. And then I looked at, um, I looked at some of the legal language around, um, you know, just around the criminal justice system. And I looked at some of the Latin words and actually in the, in the, in the first verse of the song where it says, where there is a right, there is a remedy. There, that's actually a Latin phrase used in the criminal justice system. And uh, what it what it means is that when there, if there is a right and a wrong has has occurred, that um, that there is a remedy for that wrong. And so for me, when I when I broke it down, it was like, okay, well, when there's a wrong, there's also an opportunity. There's an opportunity there to. Um, for that to be part of something beautiful, should we allow it? And should we put in the work to, to change it, to learn, to, to do something different, to, to grow, uh, to challenge each other? And bear with me two seconds. I have it written down here. Carbon stone above the Capitol, Supreme Court building in Washington are the words equal justice for all. We need equality in order to overcome disparity in our criminal justice system and in a society as a whole. And then uh, on the Missouri Supreme Court building, written in plain English are the words, the, the law has honored us, may we honor it. 
And I use this in the bridge to build up to the course by asking the important question of how can I honor a system that doesn't honor me? I think this is a difficult reality we face. People become discouraged and lose hope when we experience injustice. This fuels the divide. The chorus of the song is the anthem. We need to stand together, face adversity together, fight for equal, equal rights together, be brave together, and join those uh, brave souls who are already making that change happen. You, you know, just hearing about the background of what these words mean that we sometimes take for granted or don't even notice, um, right? And I feel like that's mm -hmm. such a power, that's such a, a an interesting parallel with the prison system itself. Um, and that you've mm -hmm. taken the time to sort of like pull them out and, and call them out for us so that we can pay attention to what they really mean is, wow, it's, it's so thought provoking. Thank you. Yeah, I like how all of your, the words in the song and the music are, you know, we don't often think about the words that are on the buildings that we, you know, are seeking justice in. Um, and you have found a way to kind of bring those words to life and light. And that's incredibly powerful. And this is this is something that um, you practice as well, because we talked earlier about you, the work that you do um, in the community all over um, as a speaker doing workshops. You talked about um, uh, the piece that you did lending your music to um, public service announcements. Can you talk a little bit about the kinds of issues that you're you're standing up for? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, upon my release, uh, I, was, I was really fortunate and I recognized that a key to, to, to being successful was going to be um, relationships. And, and that was building healthy relationships with, um, with staff uh, who, uh, like, whether that be correction staff, um, drug and alcohol therapists, whether it be, um, you know, community transition teams or peer peer supports, like it was really important for me to develop relationships. I, I recognized that I couldn't do this alone. I can't, I can't, that I needed help. And so out of one of those relationships, um, a lady, the director for Guthrie program in uh, Nanaimo Correctional Center, she sent me an email one day just saying, just checking in to see how I was doing. And and uh, I made a point of, of staying in contact with her and staying in contact with other with other folks. And um, yeah, she she said, "Hey, I think you would be great for this. Why don't you you should apply for this opportunity for a lived experience advisor with BC Mental Health Substance Use Services? They're looking for someone who was formerly incarcerated, who um, you know, who who's able to to speak and comfortable speaking in front of." Um, in front of camera or, on, or using any means of, of story to, to convey hope and to also help staff in, in training about trauma-informed care and, and things like that. So um, I didn't end up getting the advisor position, but out of that came an opportunity to join their patient and family engagement uh, council. And then out of that came the individual was heading up the project said, Hey, Chris, I actually reached out and said, it would be great to actually have you as one of the storytellers for this anti-stigma project to share your story. So it was neat that although I didn't get that position, I actually came in and still got to work on the project for 
in it from a different angle, which I think was actually better. And then from there came an opportunity to work with Ministry of, of Mental Health and Substance Use for the province of BC on a um, strategic uh, planning for complex care meeting every two weeks, part of a round table to present a written proposal to the Ministry of Housing for, for the province of BC on how to house and what to do for, to provide housing for folks who, are, who are, have complex mental health issues who are being released from incarceration and, and just what to do. And, and then even another opportunity, which is I'm probably most, most proud of and really thankful to have participated with this was uh, to do a project with the Provincial Health Authority and BC Corrections on segregation reform, and um, it's still still underway. Like the, the Canadian government has has recognized that seg reform is needed, and the provincial the province of BC um, is putting a lot of resources and effort into rethinking how they do um, segregation within the prisons. And so I was able to sit from lived experience with a group of uh, higher up, you know high-level BC corrections and high-level provincial health authority folks to come up with a different approach for segregation in, in the prisons in BC. And that, that, was, that was pretty special. Wow, you are doing a lot. <laughs> I owe it all to, you know, definitely owe it all to God. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be alive today and I wouldn't be here without. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. So I, I was wondering, and we always, generally ask this question of our artists and your answer might be different just because you're involved in so many different ways. Um, but you know, what would your message be to somebody who's on the inside? Um, you know, maybe they've started an artistic journey. Maybe they haven't, you know, maybe they're kind of, you know, not there yet or, um, you know, maybe they're not going to become an artist, but what would be your your message for somebody on the inside based on the experiences you've had and, and kind of the awakenings and, and things that you're involved in? Yeah, my, my message would be this, that no matter, no matter how, um, how difficult it gets, no matter how tough the circumstances are um, surrounding your incarceration that uh, you, you can find relief uh, from the suffering through creative outlets. Be courageous, reach out for help, um, use any means necessary to, to better yourself and take every opportunity um, to make the most out of your situation. Uh, and you know, something that I did early on was I, I read um, Man's Search for Meaning by a gentleman uh, by the name of Victor uh, Frankel. Like, right. Here's a dude who, you know, was experienced just horrific, you know, tragedy, yet turned that experience around into something positive. Yeah. So I, I just filled my mind with stories of hope, stories of, of faith and trust and overcoming, and that just kept the fuel going. That's great oh, advice. Excellent. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Chris, for spending this time with us, for sharing your art and your insight with us. It's been such a blessing um, 
to really hear about your story and you know what you're what you're offering to the world and all of the great things that you're doing so thank you we appreciate you so much we do we look forward to hearing more from you too out in the world yeah yeah thank you for having me thank you for joining us here at outside inside radio and listening to this episode we appreciate your support and you can find out more about us at www.prisonartscollective.com. Until the next time.